We know that 70% of B2B buyers under 40 years old and 50% of those over 40 use mobile before buying a B2B product. And we know that 50% of B2B queries are made on smartphone. So B2B buyers are becoming younger and they are on mobile and we know that we need to be there. The challenge for B2B marketers is measurement. This is Regrowth, and I'm Matthew Kammerer. Does B2B have to be boring to be effective? Where does brand fit into growth? Those are the questions I asked Holly Chin, Slack's Group Growth Marketing Manager. Holly has worked as a product manager at Gucci, managed marketing campaigns for Google, and now leads a growing marketing team at Slack. In this episode, we explore all things brand marketing and talk about B2C tactics worth borrowing. Let's dive in. Thanks so much for joining us today, Holly. How'd you first get started in marketing? I grew up in China, actually majored in Italian uh, in undergrad in Beijing. Being one of the 24 people who did that every two years in the entire country, um, thinking I'd be a diplomat for China. Wow. Uh, I realized that was not for me. So uh, I came to the US for grad school uh, in European studies. After working at the UN for a bit and realized that was not for me either. So I went to uh, management consulting. My projects mainly focus on using Clay Christensen's disruptive innovation and jobs to be done framework mm -hmm. to create and launch new products for our clients. And that got me really interested in technology and startups. So I then joined a small internet startup to run their product and marketing. And then I worked at Gucci um, and then Google to lead their website strategy for Google B2B um, and then Dimension and growth for Google hardware. Um, and now I Slack. Wow. That's a, a wild transition. I had no idea that you majored in Italian originally. You know, I honeymooned in Italy, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we talked about that lightly while we were doing a bit of wine tasting. <laughs> You're currently group growth marketing manager at Slack. What does your day-to-day -day look like? My role evolved while I'm at Slack. Um, I was first hired to run performance marketing. Back then, we were advertising on many platforms and publishers. We didn't really understand the overlap among them and the premium we pay. Uh, we used a last touch model. So I consolidated performance marketing to a centralized DSP and ad server. We implemented a custom multi-touch attribution model, built a team uh, to focus on optimization, testing, and measurement, and revamp the creatives and landing pages. So now the performance marketing function became a well-oiled machine. I expanded my role to look at all of digital marketing and drive both brand awareness and user acquisition for Slack. Wow, that's an incredible transition from, from where you started and where you are now. How long have you been there? Uh, for about a year and a half. That's all of that in a year and a half? Yeah, you know, sometimes you think things don't happen fast enough, uh, but it's good to have that perspective sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on it before, but you've worked as a product manager at brands like Gucci and MySkin. Does that background influence how you approach marketing now? Absolutely. Uh, that's actually how I learned the importance of marketing. Um, at the social commerce startup, we had amazing designers and engineers and created a great product. Became the number one skincare app in the app store, entirely grew from word of mouth and organic channels. 
but we didn't know how to put feel behind that initial momentum and how to effectively acquire customers. We didn't know how to grow to the next level. And that got me really interested in growth and decided to focus on growth marketing. At the same time, in the skills as a product manager, I use every day in marketing today. Things like prioritization, avoiding scope creep, creating minimal viable product and plan, designing experiments, iterating fast, working with engineers and speaking their language. Um, and in reality, in the more technical projects like implementing attribution tool and system, um, I was the product manager. I was uh, creating the requirement docs, map out data flows, manage cross-functional partners from data engineering, IT, analytics, and external partners. So especially as a growth marketer, we oftentimes play both product and marketing roles. Both of those brands are B2C. Does that experience correlate to the B2B strategies that you're using now at Slack? Yeah, um, I found both B2B and B2C really interesting. They share um, a lot of similarities. Ultimately, when we market to a business, we're still talking to a person. The person has hopes and dreams and desires and fears. So understanding the customer is the first and foremost for both B2C and B2B. I get a lot of inspiration from B2C marketing about creating fun and relatable campaigns, being efficient in user acquisition, and doing things to get things at scale. And I think B2C marketing can learn a lot from B2B in terms of thinking about decision makers and who influenced them and building out the funnel. For Slack, um, it is actually a classic example of using B2C tactics to acquire B2B users. Hmm. From um, acquisition channel perspective, most Slack users at, at first acquired from our self-service option. We drive people to Slack.com and learn about Slack. And it's really easy to create a free Slack team to test it out. Anyone can create a team. Uh, we actually use tons of B2C channels and tactics to acquire these users. And that way, um, our sales team already have a built-in pipeline of Slack teams ready to pay and expand versus the traditional B2B model of acquiring um, a customer um, through a sales team and, and they have to touch every customer. And this has kept our overall acquisition cost low. That's really interesting about Slack using B2C tactics to acquire B2B customers. How does that style of marketing play into your campaigns? Yeah, B2B marketing is still marketing to people. Like I said, uh, we've um, at Slack uh, developed customer segmentation based on user psychology versus uh, the standard demographics and industries. Um, we really put ourselves in the shoes of these different uh, personas and think about their pain point and what they care about. Our latest YouTube campaign is a great example of emotion-based marketing, and the metrics far exceeds the benchmark um, and our expectations. How is it different? Why, why do you think it's exceeding it? Obviously, there are um, specific creative best practices we follow, for example, capturing people's attention uh, in the first five seconds and having the brand show before the skip, but also um, just uh, really cater to the pain point. Like all of us 
have felt the pain of having overwhelming amount of emails mm -hmm. um, getting at us and, you know, 20 different people chime in, a long email thread and that frustration and that hopelessness uh, and, and all of us have, have felt before. And um, if our campaign can cater to that pain point and then that need, that makes it more, more effective. As you said before, you've worked in marketing for Google and Slack. How do those marketing approaches compare to smaller companies? Slack and Google share similarities, but in a lot of ways different uh, between them. But in general, uh, bigger companies tend to have uh, bigger budgets mm -hmm. and more resources. So they're able to leverage more costly marketing channels like paid media and dedicated events. And all the marketing channels can complement each other in an integrated way. Whereas smaller startups oftentimes don't even have a marketing budget um, and they need to heavily rely on organic channels. So SEO, content marketing and partnerships become a lot more important for smaller companies. You need to be scrappy and sometimes opportunistic to leverage what you have. Yeah. Talking about dedicated events, it feels like Slack has just sort of gotten started in those. Do you have influence in some of those dedicated events that are happening? We support those events, um, and our events team uh, did a great job at putting those on, and, and often in short time frame. Um, we do see them uh, impacting the, the sales pipeline in a great way, so we've been supporting them um, in, in terms of driving uh, registration and, mm -hmm. and engagement um, afterwards as well. Say you're not working for a big company. As a marketer, how do you decide when to invest in brand versus performance marketing? That's a good question. Brand marketing builds long-term equity and performance marketing benefits from the demand created by brand marketing. I would first focus on performance marketing to capture the low-hanging fruit. And then when that becomes an efficient acquisition channel, I add on brand, mar uh, brand marketing to blow mm -hmm. it up. And brand is costly and it's hard to measure. So it's critical that when there is brand campaign in market, there's a really solid performance marketing strategy to actually reap the benefits. So when you look at like physical examples of what Slack has done in brand versus performance, can you speak to one of those and like how they work hand in hand? When we run a brand campaign on a TV, mm -hmm. uh, we need to measure if there is um, brand search lift on digital channels. And uh, we're looking into using a geo-focused approach. So uh, at locations, when we show, for example, out-of-home advertising, then uh, we capture uh, users around that um, geolocation and show them digital advertising that can actually capture the, connect the dots between online and mm -hmm. offline. A lot of the brand advertising is on uh, video. So uh, we make sure to have companion banners and, um, and advertising and, and build out that um, different touch points and um, mm -hmm. sequence um, so that we know um, when they're first touched by a brand ad, um, how do we follow up with uh, performance ads? What does the timeline usually look like on that though? Like, so say you run a video ad or you run a commercial and then you want to like check impact on geo in that region. Is it within 30 seconds or is it within three days or what does that look like? It was in hours. 
within hours. Yeah. And how do you know that? Because uh, we can actually uh, measure uh, search activity after, let's say, a TV ad is, is shown. Do you do all of that in-house or is that something you outsource to an agency? There's, um, there are partners that we work with to, to do that. Okay, awesome. So when you're coming up with creative, how does Slack decide the messaging for brand versus performance campaigns? For, for brand messaging, it's really about um, evoking that emotion mm-hmm. and kind of create that intrigue. So get the Slack brand in front of people. And for performance, um, a lot of times we follow up with more concrete messaging um, about the benefits and the pain points that we can solve uh, in people's lives. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I see that in real time and I see that in the way that people talk about Slack. And so it's, it's neat to see what you're doing on the paid side to affect what people are talking about on sort of the person to person side. Yeah, um, I think Slack is pretty unique in terms of um, the brand image and the creative strategy. Um, it is, it's fun, it's playful, it's not stuffy, and people remember that. And the, the metric shows that um, we've done research that uh, the more playful ads actually performs much better than the more like serious and corporate ones. So it, it does make a difference. Yeah, I think of that business meme, the guy in the suit with his like fist up in the air. I'm like, business. <laughs> Just try to avoid something like that. No suits in your creatives. Whether it's brand or performance, do you have any tips for running successful campaigns? Um, this is something that everyone knows but doesn't always do. Know the goal and objective and why we're doing this, what metrics to drive and what success look like. Um, is the impact big enough to justify the effort? Is the volume big enough to have significant insight? So ask the hard questions before deciding whether to run this campaign. And this will save you a lot of valuable time and allow you to be more focused. And I know working with Slack, uh, historically, there are several metrics that we look to achieve when we're running a performance campaign. What are those? And do you have any North Star metrics that you're fond of measuring a successful campaign with? Yeah, so it really depends on the objective, whether it's brand awareness or user acquisition, um, you know, cost per um, customer acquired. What I would point out is um, to think about incrementality mm-hmm. um, and ask if I don't do this, what kind of impact would it have? What are the best ways to start running incrementality studies? Yeah, there are, there are various ways. Um, you can do um, geo-holdout, you can do control-exposed. Um, what's really important is to think about the volume mm-hmm. and whether you can actually have enough volume to have a um, static result. What channels have you found had enough volume for you to do that? Um, and obviously, search is the first thing mm-hmm. I would start with um, and then go from, go from there, the, your, your highest volume channels. Got it. You're not going to give away any secrets, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Start with search. Um, Brand search. Yeah. Fair enough. You're currently hiring your first mobile marketer, and it feels like mobile is kind of uh, something that everybody's afraid of. So many startups and so many tech companies that I'm talking to want to do everything but mobile, but we know that more and more of our consumer base is moving to mobile first. So what's your strategy with mobile marketing? Yeah, we know that uh, 70% of B2B buyers under 40 years old and 50% of those over 40 
use mobile before buying a B2B product. Wow. And we know that 50% of B2B queries are made on smartphone. So B2B buyers are becoming younger and they are on mobile. And we know that we need to be there. The challenge for B2B marketers is measurement. Mm -hmm. It is difficult to tie desktop and mobile together. It is hard to give proper credit to the research and activity happen on mobile, um, especially if you're using a last touch attribution model. So um, if you look at desktop and mobile in isolation, the math may not work. Uh, you know, we know the value of a user is much higher when they both, when they use Slack on multiple devices. So one of our key priorities this year is to map out that cross-device user journey and think about mobile more holistically. It's, it's crazy. I mean, often this is sort of a tangent, but when I'm working with marketers who don't have advanced um, attribution, when they turn off a carbon campaign after testing it for 30 days, they say, well, we didn't get any UTM signups. It was a flop. And they come back and they say, whoa, we stopped running carbon for a month and our organic conversions suddenly took a dip. And so the conversation I'm using, and I'm curious what your opinion is, is often the marketing that we're doing to very tech-savvy buyers is spurring a research-based decision. So infrequently is B2B made on the first impact. And more what we're looking to accomplish, and I, I'm wondering if you're on the same page as this, more what we're looking to accomplish is understanding if we can bring these ideas and these tools top of mind when it comes to that board meeting um, or like sitting at the table making these decisions where money is spent. Do you feel like that's more where B2B marketing falls and then we just need a better way of measuring it? Or do you think it's happening a different way? Slack actually went through this um, a little bit, not intentionally. Mm. Uh, in 2016, um, before before my time, um, we actually uh, spent less on um, performance marketing and switched from a multi-touch to a last-touch model. Mm -hmm. And um, inevitably, we saw growth slowed. But you know, from just pure last touch perspective, and and the numbers actually were pretty good, um, so we knew that something was wrong, and and that's when um, that's when we realized we need to invest in performance marketing. And even though the the measurement uh, is not perfect, but we can get close enough mm -hmm. um, to to feel comfortable that we are driving tangible impact. How do you convince executives that close enough is good enough? We definitely went through a um, evolution um, of building that trust. Um, what I try to do is to ask those hard questions before anyone else, and um, and be proactive in running these incrementality studies, so that we know that we have data to prove that there's value in in running certain channels. So hopping back to that mobile marketer, when you're looking at um, firing up your mobile marketing engine, what's your strategy there in terms of approach? Is it straight display? Is it heavy on video? What is going to be most effective on mobile? And then how is that going to impact the desktop decision? Yeah, for mobile, we will start with the big three. <laughs> um, so, you know, Google, Facebook, and Apple. Mm -hmm. And establish that benchmark and um, and baseline and the different touch points. And and for us, the the, the priority is really mapped out that um, cross device user journey. Mm -hmm. 
And um, with these um, three big channels, we can already get a lot of good data to to do that. Um, and then uh, once we prove that mobile has value and um, not only uh, from acquisition, but also from a LTV perspective, then we can scale it up into, um, into other publishers. You're also hiring a content marketer. What's your strategy for measuring success of that role? So far, we've very much focused on the self-service option to encourage people to create a free Slack team to try it out. But as Slack expands to enterprise customers, they need higher touch and longer nurture path. So content becomes more critical in this funnel. So we're investing more this year to content syndication and building out that nurture flow. What sort of content syndication, specific use cases, gated content, what's going to be the strategy there? Yeah, so we're still figuring that out. Um, We do know that... Um, traditionally, uh, B2B marketers tend to have gated content, um, but at the same time, non-gated content uh, really offers value. And the goal of the content uh, campaign um, is mainly to create that trust with our potential customers. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily need an email address to uh, to to later market to them if they are not willing to even create a free Slack team to, to start because it was so easy, then that means they probably don't have that trust yet to even be open to, to be marketed. So I think we will test it out um, and, and let the numbers tell us what's the best approach. With content or performance campaigns, how is your team's performance communicated with the rest of the company? We've come a long way. We went from manually entering metrics by channel by day into a Google Sheet Mm. to fully automating the reporting every week to communicate across Slack and partners. Uh, My team and our analysts have done amazing work around this. In our reporting, we uh, not only report numbers, but also insights, Why uh, why something happened, what we've learned including and especially the fail tests. And that really helps us to learn and grow fast. Um, We obviously use Slack to communicate our performance. Mm -hmm. The whole company can see it. It's great. So that's just posted weekly and then people are responding with a bunch of raised hands and rocket ship emojis or what's what's the process like (laughs) from there? Dancing penguins uh, and dancing bananas. Oh, that is actually a really good question. What's your favorite custom emoji? Do you have one? So it's called Sonic Run. Yeah. Um, It's basically, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's a custom emoji or it's like um, built in, but like every week with our weekly reporting, we use Sonic Run as sort of our team emoji. It means like we're running fast uh, and, and never stop. Thanks so much for diving deep into campaigns there. Final question. What's your best advice for B2B marketers looking to grow in their own careers? I'd say get comfortable with data, measure everything, ask why, and learn as much as you can from your cross-functional partners. Um, It may come in handy in surprising ways later on in your career. Where can listeners connect with you? Probably easiest to find me on Twitter. Um, It's a Holly NY. 
thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, Holly. It's been so exciting hearing what's going on over at Slack, and I look forward to seeing Slack continue to grow. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Regrowth, the podcast for B2B marketers looking to grow in their careers. Listen to other episodes featuring marketers from Full Story, HelloSign, Moo, and other fast-growing companies. Check out our website for more information on each episode and season, and find us on Twitter at buy, sell, ads.